Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy tour through mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 75, Fake or Folklore with Eric Silver. This idea was so wonderful. It was so very good. It really was. What what was the origin? We were so, uh, okay, so this is a game. And this is a game where Eric Silver, a, a noted gamesman and host of Join the Party, another show on, on Multitude, um, asks us about creatures. And we have to decide if they are fake or if they are folklore. Uh, you asked about the origin. The origin was Eric posted a weird creature on the Multitude Slack. And he's like, this cannot be real. And I was like, it is real. Because it was like some weird creature that like gets sad. And when it gets hunted down by hunters, it cries and dissolves into tears. And he's like, this cannot be real. It was real. And so we decided, game show, fake or folklore? It was very fun. You will have to listen on to figure out who won. But uh, the answer may surprise you as to how much each of us scored. Yeah. Uh, but do you know who win every game that they ever enter? Uh, would that be our newest patrons? Our newest patrons, Caitlin, Jesse, Ann, and Hector, as well as our supporting producer-level patrons, Neil, Philip, Julie, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Jessica, Maria, Cami, Ryan, Mercedes, Phil Fresh, and Deborah. You guys never go to jail in Monopoly. Just never. <laughs> and also, folks who always win in Catan, but in a way that feels like they are not dominating the whole game until at the end, they're just like, bam, and then they win. That is our legend-level patrons. Buggy, Rachel, Sandra, Ashley Marie, Leanne, Ashley, and Cassie. You you build a fortress across the entire Catan land. That's how Catan works, right, Amanda? It is. Every time I, I play Catan, I always want to just like ring the sheep and keep them safe and like build my little walls around them, but that's that's not how you play Catan. <laughs> what were we drinking during this episode? Amanda, in the spirit of game shows and gamesmanship and the fact that it's almost summer, I bought a nice bottle of sparkling rosé for us to celebrate with, for the winner to celebrate with. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we might have sampled some before the uh, show started, yes. but that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to celebrate early. Sometimes you got to celebrate before the victory. Indeed. This week, we are sponsored by Skillshare. We are super stoked about this, and we're going to tell you about it later. But you can go to Skillshare.com slash spirits to join the millions of folks that already learn new skills and hobbies on Skillshare every single day, and to get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents at Skillshare.com slash spirits. You can buy like a third of a coffee with that amount of money. You can buy like almost nothing at the dollar store for that much money. Yeah, that's the sad part. Nothing's under a dollar anymore. But Skillshare is. Skillshare totally is. Two months of Skillshare, in fact. Good good segue, Jules. Also, exciting news. Amanda and I and a bunch of Multitude folks are going to be at Podcast Movement in Philadelphia in July. Yeah, we're going to be doing a, a workshop slash panel on how to monetize your podcast. So how to get great sponsors, how to have a great relationship with your listeners and cultivate a Patreon community. It's going to be really fun. We're going to have lots of jokes. Our slides are going to be uh, Italian chef kids emoji. So if you're in Philadelphia, if you uh, live in the region or want to party like the Founding Fathers did in uh, Philadelphia in July, but with more air conditioning, uh, come and join us. I appreciate that 1776 joke, my friend. 
Yeah, it's not a history joke. It's a 1776 joke. It is. It is. And finally, we actually made a little scorecard for you to play along at home with fake or folklore. So you can go to patreon.com slash spirits podcast. There's also a link in the description to that uh, scorecard. It's uh, free and open to the public and open for everybody, but it's just uh, posted over on our Patreon. So come join us and the games master. What, yes. what was his name again? Gamesman. Charles. Oh, yeah. Charles, I think. Uh, Charles well, the gamesman. Today, episode release day is actually Eric Silver's birthday. So if you uh, if you enjoy this this game, wish him a happy birthday. He is L underscore Silvero, E-L underscore Silvero on uh, Twitter. And you can also tweet them to us and we will uh, we'll pass them along. Without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 75, Fake or Folklore with Eric Silver. Oh, I had a gamesman voice and everything. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the fucking folklore quiz. <laughs> I'm your gamesman. Have we started like actually doing the episode yet? Charles. Cold open. Cold okay, open. cool. I'm Charles, the gamesman. I, I just pictured Charles, um, Stanley Tucci as a character in Edward Scissorhands, like animated and everything. No, wait. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's the one I oh, meant. Oh, no. What? <laughs> Oh, buddy, no. I'm so glad. You're already starting off real strong in this game, and I appreciate it. Or am I so imaginative that I'm going to definitely get that some That could answers? also be it. I this could be is fucked. totally going to be up in the air, because yeah. when you first suggested this, I'm like, oh, Julia's going to win. She knows the most about folklore. But then I'm like, Amanda knows random stories and can tell That's what things true. are right or not. She could beat my ass. I don't know. I'm we'll excited. See. All right, so Stanley Tucci, can you tell us... Oh, wait, hold on, who are you? Charles the Gamesman. This Charles is, the Gamesman. This is Eric Silver, co-host oh. with also me Charles the Gamesman. Join the Party. The, it's a character. I do voices on microphones. You're basically a professional gamesman. I am. I'm pretty much a professional gamesman. Yeah. As our uh, dungeon master on Join the Party, you design the story. You make up all of the characters that we meet along the way. You do a whole host of voices, only some of which are inspired by the room. Um, and you're really, really good at world building. That was a sick bird. Only one of my voices is inspired by the room. <laughs> is it? This first section is called Fake or Folklore. I'm going to read the name and the description of a cryptid. You're going to tell me if it's folklore, if it's a real monster from a real civilization storytelling, or it's fake. And fake can be it is made up contemporarily as a like a fan from a fantasy novel or from some other fiction or it came directly from my brain. Okay, cool. Then if you think that something is fake, we're going to determine whether you think it came from my brain or it came from a piece of oh, fiction. Oh, boy. So, for example, Dementors from Harry Potter would be fake, but they're from a like extant source. So it's not from your brain. It's from somewhere. Right. I am not J.K. Rowling. I'm Charles the Games. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, You're definitely not because you would know it's pronounced Rowling. Mm, okay. I'm just an American. So it's fine. Okay. So this is going to have 10 questions. So please put 10 Oh God! I answers down on your again. piece of paper. I'm keeping this. Ha- I'm. I am making this happen. You are going to do the test well, and I'm the gamesman, and there are points at everything. Hold on, Julia. What? What am I going to get when I win? I will bet you. Yeah. If who, the loser, yeah, has to make boozy brunch. Okay. For the winner. I love that because it sounds like we all win. 
Yes. And everyone gets booze and champagne and mimosas and also probably French toast. And bellinis. Mm. Do you know that the place down the block does a mimosa flight (gasps) for $10? We're going at brunch. Oh, well, every I was single say we're going right now, but we can't. Every single weekend when I leave my house to go record during the party, I look at the sign and I think, "What am I doing with my life? Why am I making a podcast instead of having boozy mimosa flight?" Just brunch? be like, "Sorry, I'm going to be an hour late because boozy brunch." <laughs> an hour is pretty generous. Yes. I think I'd kill that in 20 minutes. It's going to be bad when Amanda walks in and I'm already there. Oh <laughs> no! Oh, the game's there. <laughs> oh, that darn W train. Sorry, the R train Just... dropped me off with the mimosas. The MTA. I'm so Sorry. weird. Uh, it's funny because the trains suck in Astoria. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. All right, you guys ready? Yeah, I have 10 things down. See, uh, I should point out that Eric is making us write these down so we can't cheat. It's more Julia. I'm Julia is such a, such a cheat. <laughs> um, I don't um, think. Uh, Amanda has the constitution of like a uh, Templar knight. Thank Just you. Just like without the I'm racial sorry. cleansing or <laughs> religious you. cleansing. Thank you. She's a pal. She's lawful good. And I am? Chaotic barbarian. Okay, yes, that's fair. (laughs) It's very fair. It's time to play Fake or Folklore. And here's your host, Charles the Gamesman. (laughs) All right, Uh, let's get this game going. This is Fake or Folklore. Uh, You know how to play. Uh, I'm going to say a cryptid. You're going to tell me if it's fake or folklore. Yeah, I changed my voice. Now I'm Charles the Gamesman. <laughs> I'm so concerned perfect. about Charles. This is a perfect Venn diagram between David Reinstrom and Eric's best friend, Hetty. That's pretty it's close. It's really wow. beautiful. It's good. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing. Thank right. you. Okay, here is your first monster. I'm ready. Uh, this is the Kaso Obake. This is a Japanese yokai. So we're talking Japanese folklore monster. The translation of this, of Kase Obake, is Paper Umbrella Priest Boy. This is a silly looking yokai that is a transformation of Chinese style oiled paper umbrellas. Think it's one or two legs, a single large eye, a very long tongue, and then, but it's an umbrella. This has to be real. This is too horrifying. Its uh, favorite method of surprising humans is to sneak up on them and then deliver a large oily lick with its enormous tongue. Although this is traumatic enough. (laughs) Everyone should take caution, but it is not inherently dangerous. It is just playful. Also, it's an umbrella. (laughs) It's an umbrella lick-a-tongue, and I love it. And it's my child now. Definitely folklore. It's 100% folklore. And the answer is... This is folklore. This is absolutely true. Japanese folklore is bananas. It's so good. It's so good. It's also, so good. that's one of the characters when we were hanging out here doing, uh, what was the game called, Eric? It was, uh, I actually wrote this down. Yeah. This is TKO, um, one of the games in the Jackbox Party Pack. Yes, I remembered what? it. Because it was an umbrella, little umbrella boy. Yeah. Do you think a lick-a-tongue would need like a, a Dexter-style murder mask for its own spit? Like the tongue has to go under the murder mask and then just like shield it from the spit. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that. What I'm gonna say are no. you saying? I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to go with Eric. That's a hard no, friend. Ooh. It's hard to have two people here who hate my ideas. <laughs> Horrified. I'm going to be licked by like a giant turtle with a massive tongue and a giant umbrella with a giant tongue. We're going to go to number two. In the Amazon, there is a monster called the River Dolphin that are prevalent to the mythology of the native South Americans. 
They're often characterized by their mythology as wielding superior musical ability, seductiveness, and a love of sex, and they super love to party. They can shapeshift to human form, and they also have the power to control storms, enchant humans into doing their will, transform humans into encantados, is a Spanish word, for river dolphin. (laughs) So specific a word. Yeah, and inflict illness, insanity, and even death. Shamans need to intervene if this ever happens. Now, a main thing in their folklore is kidnapping. River dolphins, or encantados, are said to be fond of abducting humans with whom they fall in love, children born of their illicit love affairs, or just about anyone near the river who could keep them company and takes them back to their home. Just don't hang out by the river, maybe. But, like, everything's in the river. No, It's like, oh, man, the Amazon, tight river. <laughs> oh, there's river dolphins who are going to come hunt me when I don't want them to. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, that's a thing that dolphins actually do. Too bad uh, all of human society is uh, is gathered around water. Yeah, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? Mm. It's almost like hunked. that's the reason why we worship uh, river spirits and stuff. Yeah, huh? it's real. Yeah. The amount of stuff I had to take out of this quiz because I'm like, oh, man, they totally know this stuff already. They know <laughs> the tropes. Water, no. Birds, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Grandma's water. No. No. <laughs> okay. The river dolphin that wants to hump your leg. Is this fake or is it folklore? Julia, what do you think? It's folklore. Yeah, I also think folklore. The answer is... This is folklore. Yeah! I know why. It was too weird. Do you know why I know this too? Why? There's an episode of the Wild Thornberries about this (gasps) specific spirit. Less less of the rape and more of just like the transforming into uh, river dolphins thing. One of my favorite shows. No. Yeah, I I knew when it said Native South Americans and I was like, yeah, no, I don't think Eric would write that. (laughs) Like there's many hundreds hundreds of people who live in South America. Here's another thing. Well, I guess it's like all of the, anything around the Amazon. So it's like the entire continent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing that I didn't tell you because I knew you would think this was real. When it is under human form, it wears a hat to hide its blowhole. <laughs> yes, yes, a hundred, yes. Because it yes. doesn't disappear when yes. you shapeshift. So I perfect. I love it. I want to set him up with with a uh, with with Dear Woman. Okay, they should be BFFs. So. Oh, I love it. I like it. I love it. Good call, Erica. That would have been a total giveaway. Been a giveaway. Yeah. Okay. Monster number three is the brain tree. The brain tree is a massive oak. With a literal massive brain in the top of it. And a spooky in like a spooky face on the front. Cool, spooky face. Got <laughs> spooky, it. You know, Naturally. spooky face, key. It's a tree, it must be. The brain tree has lived in the haunted woods for a very long time and is known to give rewards to the heroes who complete his quests. It's a he, gendered, apparently. Usually he wants to know when and where certain people have died. He is engaged in a long battle with the beast that lurks behind him and often has scars for encounters with it. He bears the burdens of scars in order to protect the people from the evil of the beast in the woods. All right. I think I'm going to go with fake. I'm on the same boat. Because it is too generalized. It sounds like a parable and not like a fucking weird story from someone's hometown. I agree. And also... I like how specific it is. Like, he wants information, like, where people died. That seems like a weird thing to want, but there you go. This is very specific. Okay, if you both think it's fake, did I come up with this, or did I get it from fiction? I think it sounds like something from fiction. It seems D&D to me. Okay. Amanda, where do you think I got this from? I I got kind of, like, fantasy novel vibes. Like, it feels like something that a student of fantasy would make. Okay. Because it's like slightly off kilter from what I would expect. So I think it is a, a, a fantasy series. The answer to this, the brain tree, is fake. Mm-hmm. All right. And I did get it from fiction. 
However, neither of you got it right. Oh, no. Where is it from? The brain tree is from Neopets. No! Yes! Oh, my God. How am how I did, so dumb? How did we have this? I'm so bad. Fuck! What the fuck? I Amanda. just, I ripped it literally from Neopets, and any time it said Neopet or ne- Neovia, which oh. is literally the name of the city That's why it was so vague. Neopia. No, Eric. Neovia, like Barovia. Oh, Neovia. Yeah. Oh, like old-timey oh. Neovia. Yeah, so it's like that's the haunted town in the haunted woods oh, shit. in Neopets. Yeah. I am fucking ashamed of myself. I, I'm so embarrassed of our Scientology upbringing. I will- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I will link the article that that's a reference to in the show notes. <laughs> I will give you both two points, but you are not getting it because I figured you, you one of you, Amanda, would get me. <laughs> I you know what and I also had a picture in my brain of that fucking brain tree I know what it looks like and I uh, uh, damn it see I tried to rewrite these so that you wouldn't go off of context clues and yet here we are (laughs) here we are We we scored well on our SAT reading sections you you did a great job Eric this is just our this is is very much our shit okay okay uh number four we're talking about this is a place okay this is the Ela de la Caima Queimada. I don't know spelled. why it's spelled like, oh, it's because it's Portuguese, because it's from Brazil. Yeah. E- I'm like, this Spanish is weird. <laughs> what up with this weird Spanish? Either I'm drunk or this is Portuguese. <laughs> I read in a novel that it was just like, is this person speaking Portuguese or am I just too drunk to understand the Spanish? Yeah. Literally like, every time I read Portuguese, I'm like, M? Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this is the Ila da que- Queimada Grande, but it is better known as the Snake Island. Mm-hmm. Because the Snake Island is home to 2,000 Golden Lancehead Vipers. The Golden Lancehead are the most venomous in the world of all time, of all history, because their venom will literally break down your the meat on your hands. It is flesh dissolving. <laughs> it breaks down the meat. The meat. Uh, your meat hands. <laughs> your, it's a meat tenderizer for humans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The venom will uh, dissolve your hands and also other parts of you. Even if you get a dose of anti-venom or get a yeah they can't curse regrow the, hands or get something from the shaman or anything if you're bitten you're probably going to die okay. local fishermen in Sao Paulo tell tales of people who ventured onto the island in search of food or other resources and never returned some believe that pirates brought the deadly snakes there to protect a trove of golden galleons and then just died because pirates are dumb <laughs> now, this is not dumb. neopia even though galleons were also in neopia yeah whether there's truth to this legend or not the Brazilian Navy closed the island to the public in the 20s. Now, this might be related, but who knows? There's no f- documented case of anyone ever bitten by the Golden uh, Lanceheads because no one's ever survived long enough for someone to know about it. They're only And the stories. body just dissolves, so. Wow, this one's hard. I love I'm these perfect danger noodle nieces. Yes, they're all I love wonderful. them. If by perfect, you mean will kill you if you look at it. I said perfect, Eric. Yeah, I, I'm I'm torn. I think the uh, the historical detail might be a little bit too much on the on the closing the island, but the Amazon is also bizarre and full of terrors. So I think I'm gonna go folklore. Oh man, I'm conflicted because I was feeling fake for most of that, but like the details were very good. You know, what? I'm gonna go fake for this one. I'm writing it down. Okay, Julia. Yes. If you said fake, do you think I came up with this? Or is this a real thing in the world? Or did it come from a fantasy novel? What do you think? Because I have this idea in my head, but then I'm remembering it wrong. Because I thought for a second, I was like, well, this is one of the, I think this is the island that one of those dumb um, Potter 
uh, Pottermore Schools is on, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. That would have been very good because I have no idea where any of those are. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say this is a brain thing. We're going to go for your brain. I think okay. it's something that your brain came up with. My brain in the brain space. <laughs> Eric's brain is full of venomous snakes. Oh, no. Ah! Oh, no. <laughs> You're going to get bitten from the inside. The answer to this, the golden lance heads are not folklore. They're <gasps> oh, fake. Oh, damn. But, but Julia, it's... these are literally real. Yeah. This is a real place. Okay. And Vice in 2015 sent a bunch of people out there oh, to show scientists like measuring them and trying to do studies oh, to dope. actually figure out how venomous they are. This is a real thing. Also told to me by local South American enthusiast and historian, Catherine Addington. Amazing, Catherine. Catherine. Good job. Listen, I, I could push back and say I thought they were real in the world and they are in fact real in the world, but they're not folklore. They're just biology. So do we both not get points for that? Uh, Julia, you get two points and two Amanda points. gets zero points. Ooh, dang. You know what? Knowledge that these things are real in the world is is winning enough for me. Well, you can see that like even the real things and the fake things... We're talking about, is it a story or is it like something else entirely? Gotcha. Mm. So, for example, about this next one, you guys know what High Lie is? No. No. Remember in The Road to El Dorado? Yes. When they are playing the I sport, remember all of it. You're playing the sport <laughs> with the ring in the middle? Uh-huh. That's like a bastardized version of High Lie. Okay. High Lie is a traditional Spanish game that's pretty much like handball. Or you throw you throw a hard ball against a wall, and someone else needs to like grab it or pick it up on the bounce. But highlight is different. It is known as the most dangerous game ever played because they use the hardest ball possible, mm-hmm. and they use these massive scoops to th- literally whip the ball against the cool. wall. So sure. more deadly lacrosse. Got it. But like lacrosse is. Well, like traditional lacrosse by like the Native Americans before people named Chad and <laughs> Addison as a dude yeah. appropriated it. It's very true. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the story of how highlight came to be called highlight. So like I said, the highlight ball is about three quarter of the size of a baseball mm-hmm. and it's made from rubber, which is wrapped in thread and covered by two hardened goatskin covers. Apparently you need to replace the cover. I mean, that's traditional highlight. You have to replace the cover every 15 minutes because it gets so buck wild. That's Yikes. fucked up. That's all true. I just want to, that's all true. <laughs> okay. That's not part of it. So I'm here, like, yeah, folklore. Because it's, folklore. it's real. Not, goats are dumb. <laughs> yeah. Goats are dumb. Fuck them. No, uh, I love goats. Sports aren't real. Oh, goats are goats great. So much. Goats are great. I love them. It's okay. I understand. You're looking goats at me great. like, yep. Mm-hmm, there we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> goats, okay, goats are great. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to tell you the story of how Hi-Li came to be. Now, Hi was uh, was the name of a swarm of bugs that cu- cursed the Basque region for years. So Hi-Li comes from the Basque region of Spain, and the word Hi is a Basque word for... They were pretty much locusts, but then like bigger and more monstrous because this is a story. They descend upon the crops of grapes for Spanish wine, and they just destroy everything. Uh-oh. Like, they will eat anything that they touch. It is said that a grape farmer once rebuked a beggar who asked for both water and wine, saying that those who beg should only expect scraps and water. The beggar turned out to be a powerful demon named <laughs> Hai. Sure. Who then sent the plague of the locusts that are also named Hai. It was either Jesus or a powerful demon. It's got to be one of those. That's, those are the only choices. I can't help you. Uh, the farmers 
after dealing with this for years and years and years and on being unable to grow grapes, they found that the best way to kill the bugs was to throw rocks at them. And eventually that they figured that the best way to throw rocks was to use baskets as a, and put a handle on them and literally throw them at the bugs, which then eventually became the high lie scoops. And then instead of rocks, it became this extremely hard, extremely small ball. So high is from the demon and the bugs, and a lie means a way in Basque. So high lie comes from the story of the locusts and the demon. Do you think this is folklore or fake? These are getting harder as we go. <laughs> I was feeling so confident getting the first three right. You know, uh, I don't know. I feel like the Basque region was way too Catholic to talk about demons that casually. Oh, I feel the opposite. In that, yeah. in that regard. Yeah, I'm going to go folklore. The thing that's tripping me up is the movement from rocks to balls, which are more intensive to make than rocks, which why would you play with a ball if you could play with a rock, which you can just pick up right now? But Because um, they're not uncivilized, Amanda. Yeah. Because that's I, how the sports work. You know, uh, when in doubt, I just go with my with my hopes, and I hope this is true, so I'm going to go folklore. Okay. You think this, you two both think this is folklore? Folklore. Yeah. Okay. The answer to highlight is... It's fake. I made it up. Oh, dang. I dang got your brains. You got me. Oh, dern. Dern. You two are just like covering the fact that I totally got you in your brains. Yeah. Yeah. You did. Where'd you make it up from? I don't know. I don't know anything about Basque. (laughs) I was going to be like, I don't think those are. Basque isn't a language. Yeah, Basque is the Basque dialect of Spanish. Oh, all right. Mm. Fair. Highlight is from Basque, and it okay. is a Basque word. See, that was tripping me up, and then you said it so confidently. I'm like, I guess it's folklore then. The game is actually called Pelota Vasca in Spain. Uh, see, that sounds more like Basque Spanish. But then it moved from Spain to the South Americas, and it kind of changed a bunch. And in the Western Hemisphere, calls it Highlai because in Basque, it means Merry Festival, because they used to play it on Sundays. That's adorable. It's very cute. Should have gone off my gut. I'm mad Should've. at myself. All right, well, Amanda, I want to give you a chance to catch up. So I'm going to do your specialty. Oh, no. This is from Irish Folklore. Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> this is not my specialty. Now, while most people are no doubt familiar with the leprechaun, few people probably know about his party-loving cousin who likes to just get trashed. The clur... The- <laughs> yeah, no, it's real. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. <laughs> the the clurichan. How do you spell it? C-L-U-R-I-C-H-A-N. While the leprechaun is traditionally, though not anymore, associated with the trade of the shoemaker, the clurian is a surly drunk who enjoys riding on the backs of sheep and dogs. You found my people. Yeah, no, I'm going to throw in my hat in for folklore right now. It's going to be folklore. Come to think of it, these people would actually be much better than a leprechaun for St. Patrick's Day in America because all they like to do is get drunk and ignore their responsibilities. Yeah, for every leprechaun, there's a brother that's a a clurichan or whatever. What do you think about the clurichan? Amanda obviously thinks it's folklore. It's folklore. Yeah, this thing's super real. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, when you had me at riding sheep and dogs. Was that it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sheep and dogs. That's a thing that they do. But also, like, in every Irish family, there are the ones you brag about and the ones you don't talk about. And, yep. like, this, there has to be one to beat the other. I was reading this and I'm like, they would totally think that I took a, a monster and then gave it a weird brother. <laughs> <laughs> But it's too, this was too good for Irish yeah, folklore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is great. For the next weird brother, we'll just assume it's your brain. That's true. This is uh, the Chupacabra's brother, Steve. <laughs> I love Steve the Chupacabra. He, like, he likes petting goats. Yeah. It's so weird. 
He milks them and makes a weird cheese. <laughs> By weird, you mean delicious yeah, cheese. Yeah, I mean both. The weirder the cheese, the better. We're going to have an American myth. Get excited. Ooh. I love American <laughs> myths. Thing. Like relative, le- relatively modern, yeah. but still like within our ideas of Americana. This is very good. They're all wonderful and terrible. Yeah. Americana myths. They're all real good. I know your blind spots though. Yeah. American myths after 1800. Okay. And then like anything in South America. <laughs> and like South America, vaguely the Pacific specialty. Rim. Yeah. I know the Pacific Rim. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Got him. <laughs> Got him. It's like, it's like Romans, pff, nah, push This is the three-legged crow of New York State. In the town of Witchbane, New York, elections are overseen by a three-legged crow. Originally, the town of Witchbane was settled by colonists, a devout group of pilgrims, read Christians. So the best spot to make the town was obviously at the top of the hill. But at the top of the hill, there is a spooky and creepy shack. They soon figured just out casual shack. They were just like, Before hey, what, the town hey was what, settled? what up with that? There was one. Well, they, they showed up and like, hey, what's going on over there? It's almost like there were things there before the colonists showed it's up. Weird. So man. strange. So, so weird. weird. It's like we conveniently forget that all the time. They soon found out that this was a night hag's den and everyone just promptly decided to just burn it down. Tag yourself. I'm night hag. Are you a day hag or a night hag, Julia? <laughs> I'm a night hag. <laughs> I'm like a mid-morning hag. I'm like not. I'm like a late riser hag. Early evening hag. Yeah, you're you're wine you're wine o'clock hag. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm a brunch hag. Mm. Oh yeah, it's like oh, in yeah. between. It's a liminal space. In I'm between. I'm actually. Is this restaurant open yet, hag? Because I need my dim sum. <laughs> I need dim sum, and it's eleven fifty nine. Oh man, now I want dim sum. The Christian colonists decided, ah, it's a witch. Let's just burn it down. Even though they were all in agreement, they decided to put it to a vote, ostensibly. But everyone just unanimously said, I. That's so Americana. It's like, democracy, yeah? All right, cool. And they promptly burned the, burned the shack down. Soon after, after the town was erected, the colonists noticed a three-legged crow hanging around during the fall. Now, according to legend, this is the familiar of the night hag keeping an eye on everything going on, even night into hag? the grave. <laughs> I'm going to bed at 9.30 p.m. because I love myself hag. <laughs> during every election, during the fall in November, the crow perches in the trees next to the local public school, which, of course, <laughs> where the shack used to be built. There's so much America. It's too so much. much going it's on so here. fake. It's so fake. It's so fake. People swear that they see it, but it may just be a superstition in upstate New York. Nah, fake. Nah, fake, fake is fake fuck. as hell. It start. I knew it was fake starting from the election, or I knew it was fake from Witchbane. Yeah, <laughs> Witchbane, that's New York. Julia looked at me was when like, Witchbane was said, and she was like, "Please." <laughs> okay, do you think that I got this from somewhere? Like, uh, who wrote the Headless Horseman? Because <laughs> it's. I don't, I don't know. know, but I know the character's name. Um, who wrote Rip that? Van Winkle? No, who wrote it? No, but, what, it, no, it was the same author as Rip okay. Van Winkle. Yeah. I think it was the guy who named himself after a fake aristocracy. It's not Ichabod Crane because that's the Washington character. Irving. Washington oh, of Irving. Of course, it is. Is now yes. was this like a Washington Irving short story, or did I make this up from my brain? I think you made it up. I feel like it's a like shitty Neil Gaiman short story. Not that any Neil Gaiman short story is shitty, but he just like dashed it off. Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, hey Terry, look what I came up with. <laughs> it was oh, a, uh, a a like eleventh graders reflections contest mm. entry. <laughs> New York State burn. The story of the three legged crow in Witchbane 
is fake. Yep. All right. Good. Cool. Also, came up with it for my oh, brain. Woo! Dang. So is that two points for me on that? You get two, and three you get three. Also, I'll take shitty Neil Gaiman short story. I will not take eleventh grade reflections. <laughs> yeah. See, I was ma'am. like, that came from his brain. That's a sick burn you just laid <laughs> out on him. First of all, I went to the Dodge Poetry Festival when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I know things about literature. Uh-huh. I took a picture of a fireman helmet the year that nine eleven happened and won first place. I wrote, I wrote a like a three note song and also won first place. <laughs> We are on to number eight. This is some good old Jewish folklore because oh this is what I do when I'm on spirits. Bring it. Eric Silver of uh, Golem episode fame, early spirits, bring deep cut. It, it's a great episode. It, bring it. This is the Bar Eugeni. Okay. Now, I lied when I said there were going to be no birds. <laughs> but this is no bird husband. The Bar Eugeni is a colossal legendary bird from Jewish mythology that was believed to have a wingspan large enough to block out the sun. The first mention of the creature comes from the Talmud, which tells of a Bar Yucheni egg falling from its nest and destroying 300 trees and flooding 60 villages. The Talmud says of the event, The question therefore arose, does the bird generally throw out its eggs? And Rav Ashi replied, no, that was a rotten one. It is said that if the Bar Yucheni is captured, it would be roasted along with the Leviathan and the Behemoth, two other monsters from Bible stuff. I feel like you've talked about those two before. About this specific creature? The or Leviathan the, and the Behemoth? Leviathan. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Those are two classic Bible mm. things. The Leviathan and the Behemoth, literally just two very large things, one in, on land, one in the sea. Yeah. It is, And this one is in the air. It is said that it will be roasted along with those two dudes and served at a banquet for the children of Israel at the coming of the Messiah. Because Jews, as you know, do not believe the Messiah has come back, so everything revolves around the Messiah coming back eventually in Jewish mythology. I think I'm going to go uh, folklore. I really liked that that little uh, sort of witticism from the Talmud. Yeah, you started talking about it, and I wrote down folklore because I'm pretty sure I've read about this before. And if I haven't, it's going to be really embarrassing for me. If it is fake. <laughs> You're was... already breaking up, so I'm worried that it's fake now. Go ahead. I already wrote down folklore. But I already wrote down folklore, is, too. If this is fake, it's exceedingly well done. The Bar Yucheni, the massive bird that flies around and makes and is available for all Jewish comedians to make jokes about is folklore yes. Woo! i just thought this was so funny it's I was, awesome i was no, looking it's at real good the stuff at like the back end of the torah are buck wild <laughs> they're like if you're still reading you're welcome here's here are some great stories it's like here are some monsters jewish monsters are just the craziest things is this also the vampiric one because there's a vampiric like jewish bird creature as well no that's like the dibbic which we didn't talk about during our Jew- the Jewish one, but mm-hmm. d- it's like in the way that yokai is for Japanese mm-hmm. folklore, the dibbik is just like for Jewish folklore. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't need to say it with my more Yiddish voice. It's David Reinstrom's like- listening. It's the dibbik. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like general. It's a genre of monster? It's like general ghoul. Okay. Oh, so I it. can only assume that you can as- ascribe any monstrous quality to the dibbik and it's cool. just kind of whatever. So I tried to pick something that was like classic from text. The fact that this was in Bible and they made dumb jokes about it just made it perfect. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. It's I, I was surpri- the only thing making me think that it could possibly not be folklore is that I haven't heard of it before and it's so great. Yeah, I was surprised too. Uh, the thing that I was thinking of, by the way, because I just Googled it, uh, it's called the Estris, I think. 
I've never heard of it. Okay, yeah. uh, They are female vampires of Jewish folklore that are said to prey on the Hebrew citizens. And the name derives from the Uh, French word for night owl. Oh, that's like the disciples. Those are like the disciples of Lilith sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the, you guys talk, the succubus stuff that y'all were talking about. It's basically the the Hebrew succubus. Yeah. Episode 69. Hebrew succubus is my klezmer punk rock. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. You got it. (laughs) I gotta make it real. Okay, we're going back to America, and we're doing a contemporary myth. Oh, boy. Number Super nine. Excited. Not my special Number tip. nine, number nine. In Loveland, Ohio, they've had multiple sightings of an unusual reptile, which has become known as the Loveland Frog. The most famous sighting was by a police officer in 1972. He saw an animal lying beside the road, and when he approached, it got up on two legs and ran away. <laughs> He described it as three to four feet tall. Rep- papers reported about it. <laughs> what year is this from? 1972. Okay, thank you. So it's a... <laughs> <laughs> ah, here. I, I'm Hal Loveless from the Loveland Times. Sir, sir, excuse me, police officer. What did you see from the frog? Well, it just stand up and ran away. <laughs> and and were you quite frightened? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. It's Ohio. Eric's going to take <laughs> I can't do a Midwestern accent, but we'll pipe in Eric. It's true. It's true. Eric, uh, put in your pickup now. Look, Loveland, Ohio is in southern Ohio, but it's still Ohio. We're not walking around going, ooh, I was quite frightened. I mean, all three of their accents are already closer to a Midwestern accent than the Midwestern accents they were just doing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Swing voters love that. Uh, Swing voters love the Loveland Frog. (laughs) The Loveland Frog walks on two legs. It is described as three to four feet tall and about 60 pounds with the face of a frog or a lizard. Now, a different police officer had a similar encounter a few weeks later. The story had grew, but the original officers, both the first one and the second one, said that the creature was like a monster, but possibly an escaped pet. <laughs> Those are two very different things. However, they there were like been... just discovering environmentalism in the early 70s, and they were like, oh no, cross contamination. Oh, no. It'd be some species. The nuclear power, the nuclear power plant is turning all of our frogs into the frog thing. You didn't talk about the three-eyed fish of Springfield. I wouldn't know that that was from The Simpsons. That's true. No, I did not put Blinky that. in there. Uh, however, there have been other sightings other than these one in the 70s. In 1955, a businessman reported that he saw three creatures that were again three to four feet tall and had wrinkles on their heads instead of hair, had webbed hands and feet, and had the face of a frog. <laughs> that description where it's like wrinkles instead of hair i don't know i've never seen a bald person in my life i have one more sentence but i think it's gonna give it away do you think this is folklore or fake folklore yeah i'm also gonna say folklore it's so it's so benign yeah that it has to be folklore i've also think i've heard this one before the answer to this is Folklore. Yeah. These are real. These are real, not real stories, but like people in Ohio in this town these of Loveland yeah. decided. <laughs> uh, breaking news. I have the final sentence. The most bizarre thing about the earlier sighting is that one of the creatures waved a wand that emitted sparks. <laughs> I love the 50s. I love it. Someone's child went to Disneyland. <laughs> No, this businessman just passed out on Quaaludes. He definitely wasn't taking MDMA. It's definitely not acid. 50, 50s MDMA. Ah. I was on ayahuasca. There were some lizards. We are coming to the last one of stage one. I'm ready. Jeez. 
Yeah. So this is also Japanese. Please excuse my pronunciation. Go for it. Because this is, you know, transliteration for Japanese. But this is the To no Dorobo, translated to the Toe Thief, but it is colloquially known in translations as the Sock Stealer. (laughs) Oh, it's so cute. This is a modern Japanese myth. So we're talking, this is in actually around the 90s and early 2000s. So as uh, cities in Japan started to expand and become really modern, uh, laundromats started to spring up and even now um, new laundry cafes. So literally there's like a yes. there's like a cafe and you can like do your laundry. Laundromat owners blame lost socks on little sprites <laughs> who resemble <laughs> detergent bubbles with two big googly eyes. Oh, it's so cute though. I want one. The reason that they take your socks is because they eat them and therefore live in the place where socks are most likely to be lost. And they realize that they look a lot like soap, so they blend in. Adorable. Do they eat them for power? Just like for food. So I guess in the way that (laughs) food is power and calories are power. Yes. (laughs) If there is a trail of soap left on your clothes, even after the rinse cycle, or a shirt mysteriously runs, you can blame the sock stealer as well. So this modern Japanese myth. Is this folklore or fake? Do you want to go? No, you can go first. I already little, wrote it down. Little googly, just imagine little googly eyes <laughs> on a bubble. Yeah, I think it is fake because I think they're too cute. And we did just talk about a, an umbrella person, an umbrella. I know, umbrella. I know, yes, but, but that's creepy. Also, I have told you guys uh, in our friendship before about how my brother and sister Austin and Bailey used to climb around under the dinner table and take our socks off during dinner just to take and just like take them like leave them there and just like crawl away laughing cool. and uh it's adorable and I think this is too like that story I'm also going for fake I have it written down mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had to show Eric because I was like no no I got it and I think it is from your brain it feels like a very like my neighbor Totoro kind of thing but it also feels like it might be from your brain. This feels like a, a Tumblr post where one person is like, my, my socks keep going missing. And then a second person responds with like a beautiful 900 word story. <laughs> yep. That checks out. Yeah. Amanda, do you think this is from my brain or do you think it's from Tumblr? I think it's from the internet in some way. The answer to this is it's fake. Yes. Woo! I will also say that it came from my brain. <laughs> oh, Come on, googly eyes on a bubble? Yeah. That's very me. So cute. Yes. This is Charles the Game Master here to tell you the scores. At the end of round one, Julia is up in the front with 20 points, but Amanda's coming up fast with 17. Ooh. I need more brandy wine. Can you help me out with that? Yeah, I think it's time for a refill. Yeah, if we're going to have more of the episode with this voice, it's going to be a refill. Amanda, obviously we love learning. I love to learn! And we especially love learning from people who are passionate about what they do. I mean, that's what the show is about, basically. I know, we're like, we have to make up a bunch of horrifying monsters. Who should we talk to? Mm, Eric Silver. (laughs) So that's why we do the show. You get to learn from me, your BFF, and I love my area of expertise. And that's actually basically what the concept is behind Skillshare. It is an online learning community with over 
20,000 classes in design, business, technology, and more taught by people who are passionate about those topics. Yeah, so it's beautiful video courses that are laid out really well. They have communities so you can like comment and share projects and check in on what other people taking the class are doing. You can do them like at your own pace on your own time. And I genuinely, so my the, my last job before the job I have now was in marketing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do marketing. I was a social media manager and I was like, lol, hello, uh, I'm a millennial. So I used Skillshare before I knew the people who worked there mm -hmm. to learn how to do social media, how to do marketing, what like a KPI was and kind of all the stuff I had to know for my job. And it was so helpful. It made me not get fired. I love that. Do you have a course that you want to recommend? Because I have a course I want to recommend from Skillshare. Oh, you first. Yeah. Uh, so I would recommend the Write the Real You class with Ashley C. Ford. And it's basically about <sighs> writing so and um, using your own personal stories in order to share your experiences. And it's so useful to me as like a person who needs to let stuff out through writing sometimes. It is the perfect class for me. And I really like Justin Gignax, Going Freelance, a Building, name. I know, Going <laughs> Freelance, Building and Branding Your Own Success. So I know something with the word brand, people are like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But as people who make part of our living freelancing and, and like building our own business, it was so helpful for me to learn stuff like, I don't know, I mean, I guess everybody has a, a brand, but what does that mean? And like how to, how to, you know, manage money and how to build a business that's different from you as a person. And it was really, really helpful. Yeah. Uh, so they're premium membership gives you unlimited access to high quality classes on must know topics so you can improve your skills unlock new opportunities and do the work you love uh, so you can join millions of students already learning on skillshare today with the special offer just for our listeners you can get two months of skillshare for just 99 cents two months of premium skillshare for 99 that's cents that's amazing imagine taking deals. college classes at that level for 99 cents i know see like in this day and age you know I, I don't often use my like literary critical thinking that I learned in college, though I apply to lots of things. Mm -hmm. But the stuff that I do every single day and the, the stuff that allows me to make a living is stuff that I learned on my own. And that's why Skillshare is the dopest because it lets actual people who do stuff for a living make classes and teach others how to do it. So that's at Skillshare.com slash spirits to get two months of unlimited access to all of their classes for just 99 cents. So you can act now on that special offer and start learning today which i love that tagline uh more like keep learning today because yeah. we are halfway through i'm not sure how educational this episode specifically we'll is see what's up but here we go <laughs> thank you skillshare for sponsoring us y'all go to skillshare.com spirits and make sure that the good good folks at skillshare come back and sponsor us again yes please they're awesome and we love them bye we're on to round two, and this is the lightning round. Thor's hammer lightning round. Aw. Are you doing the voice or no? Oh, I'm Charles, the Game Master. Welcome back <laughs> to Spirits, Fake of Folklore. Let's tell these wonderful ladies what they've won. Whoever comes out on top is going to have a boozy brunch, is going to have a get a haunted doll that I found in a box in my mom's basement, and Whoa. a sandwich. Wait, I don't know if I want that haunted doll, though. Charles, Listen, why? The title. Julia, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. It's cursed me, and now I talk like this. Oh, All right. Shit. That explains a lot. So how does this lightning round work? So the lightning round is very simple. I'm going to read out 10 names. And the names are either going to be heroes from folklore or stories, or it is a name that I got from a fantasy name generator of World of Warcraft. Please tell us what the <laughs> name generator is called so people can play at home. This is www.fantasynamegenerators.com slash world dash of dash Warcraft. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
One, Nightingale the Robber. Two, Solovey the Brigand. Three, Sare Summersnow. Oh no. <laughs> Four, Magnus Burnsides. <laughs> Wait, which one would that go for, though? Did I get it from the generator? No, no. I don't think so. There you go. Okay. Five, Sun Wukong. Six, Alug the Bright Flare. Seven, Ashling Lester. Eight, Zeroon Wolf Splitter. Nine, Dusty Rowley. Ten, Atalanta of Arcadia. I don't know why Dusty Rowley makes me laugh so bad. I think it's because it reminds me of a wrestler. <laughs> it does sound <laughs> it a does little sound bit like a wrestler. Like a wrestler. Mm, I'm Dusty Rowley and I'm here to take down Triple H. <laughs> okay. One and two are both heroes. Oh, fuck me. These are actually this the same. Bad. These are actually the same heroes. This is, uh, is he's like uh, an anti-hero in Russian uh, folklore. You part human and bird with bird-like features. What? You're able to fly. But how bird husband? They lived before. in a nest, had a human family, and received drinks with his hands. He said to live in a forest. I'm sorry. One of his powers is that he took drinks with his hands. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. He was said to live in a forest and was sit in a tree by the road to Kiev and then stunned strangers with his powerful whistle. Did you get either of those? No. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Wow, those, those were both oh. real. Those were both real. Those are I'm both shocked. great. Russia yeah. is filled with a multitude of bird husbands. I also love that they were the same person. Yeah. I just like I had to keep them both. I love That's that. That's great. All right, Sare Summer Snow. That is for World of Warcraft. Oh, thank God. <laughs> for uh, Magnus Burnsides. That is hey, that's a hero. Hey, one gimme. Yeah, thank give you. me a gimme. Thank you. Because nine it. was a bad number. <laughs> Five was Sun Wukong. That is a hero yes, from Chinese that mythology. That's the, this um, is Buck Wild, this guy. Is that the um, Tale of the West guy? I don't know. Okay. This is a monkey who became yep, a t- immortal from a Taoist practices. Yep, yep, yep. Crazy. Crazy. All this stuff is ridiculous. Sounds like a much better hero than fucking white boy from Marvel. Sorry, Journey to the Rest. Uh, Journey to the West is the thing that yes, he's from. That's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the one. Uh, yeah, they should have made this like reformed monkey instead of Iron Fist. 100%. Yes, I agree. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah, this is crazy. He fought. He refused to die. Um, he rebelled against heaven and defeated all of heaven's best generals. Yeah. He was trapped under a mountain by the Buddha, where he remained in prison for 500 years. Yeah. My he Lord. had a staff that weighed 18,000 pounds that could shrink and expand, depending on what he said. He could use it to measure the sea. He was the monkey king. I love him. Very dope. Thank you, son. Love it. Monkey husband, much better than most bird husbands. Good I'll job, take- Good checks, job, monkey husband. Checks out. Uh, Alug the Bright Flare. That is from World of Warcraft. Yes, nice. And anything to anything that references light in the last name, probably from a name generator. Uh, Ashling Lester, World of Warcraft. Oh, awesome. is that number seven? Yes. All right, fuck. I knew that Lester was too much. <laughs> uh, Zarun Wolf Splitter, also from World of Warcraft. Okay, good. That was eight. Yeah. That was eight. Dusty Rowley, the wrestler. Uh, that is a human paladin, if I've ever heard of one. That's from World of Warcraft. Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I used to be a high school teacher, so I know how to do these answers. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, mm, I wonder if it's true or false. I got you. <laughs> well, you did. You got me. You're going to have to hang out together at lunch, and we're going to talk about poetry. Man, any any kid <laughs> that knew what game theory was would have done so well in your classroom. <laughs> 
And number 10, Atalanta of Arcadia. She was a real hero. Yeah. yeah. This, was, I, this was the only classic thing that I gave you. She, I had to say of Arcadia because, of course, you know, Greeks, they only have one name, like Madonna. Yes. So Atalanta was an excellent huntress and the fastest runner in ancient Greek mythology. She defeated Peleus, who yep. is Achilles' father in wrestling, and she was the only female Argonaut. Mm-hmm. The only way that she was ever uh, married is that um, I believe Aphrodite gave one of her suitors, basically they had to be able to beat her in a race. And so uh, she gave one of the suitors golden apples, and she was uh, she gave the suitor a head start. So he dropped these golden apples, and uh, Atalanta uh, lost because she stopped to pick them up. Aww. Okay, so Julia got five. Not great. And you got, and Amanda got seven. Damn, She's coming we're up getting fast. Close. So what was that? All right, you are only one point different, but Amanda is behind, so yes. she is going to start. With the Not What They Seem challenge, this is stage three. Okay, what's this all about? Not What They Seem is exactly what you think it is. I'm going to describe... Which is exactly what it doesn't seem like. Exactly. I'm going to describe a cryptid or a monster, but it's actually something that you know very commonly in our world today. Okay. Um, the way that it's going to work, you're going to go back and forth, and I'm going to tell you who go, who's right and who's not. Amanda, you're going to go first because you are behind. Okay. If you get it right, you get three points. Okay. So, Amanda, you're going to go first. But yes. please listen to the story. This is like um, well, this is like the verbal uh, regents where yes. you have to like listen to a story out yes. loud. Yes. And you're like, I have terrible verbal processing. And they're like, you don't care. You're Fuck in public you. school. Yeah. Yeah. Not what they seem. This creature has one distinct feature that makes it stand out in all of folklore. It can be found on multiple continents and is not known to be dangerous unless provoked. It was commonly described in stories as an extremely wild woodland creature, a symbol of strength. Now, while not found in Greek mythology, it has been written about in accounts from natural historians from around that time. Can I steal from her if she doesn't get it? Yes, of course. Oh, sweet. In the 13th, in the 13th century, traveler Marco Polo, you might have heard of him when you're in the pool, Polo? Marco? Marco? Marco Polo claimed to have seen this creature on the island of Java, which built its legendary status. Marco Polo was stunned by its speed, size, and its one singular horn. What am I describing? I think it's either a rhino or a parrot. A parrot? <laughs> I'm going to go with a rhino. It is a rhinoceros. Yes! It's Thank you. It's really interesting. I thought it was going to be a narwhal, and I was like, fuck you. No, well, actually, Narwhals aren't in the forest. Well, this is actually, this is important. This is another suggestion from Catherine. She Ooh. wanted me to, she told me that I should do this and describe a rhinoceros like a unicorn. Yes. And a lot of this yeah. stuff intersects. Um, when people were thinking about the unicorn, they were actually thinking about a rhinoceros. That thing about Marco Polo is real. Yeah, hey. yeah. He thought that he, he saw a unicorn, but it was actually a rhino. And oh, there Marco. is a. Oh, Marco. There is Where's like an Indian. Go? Polo? <laughs> Marco? And there actually are Indian and Javan rhinoceroses. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Um, also, the thing about the narwhal, people took narwhal horns and then sold them as unicorn horns. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you are actually kind of correct. Yeah. Well, I thought it would be funny if if it was like a parrot or something, but because it like, has one big nose, it's kind of like I'm a so beak. I'm so worried anyway, about you. I'm like, proud of myself. Parrot? I'm proud of myself. Thank you. Okay. All right. Julia. Yes. So Amanda is up by two, but we still have two more. So that's worth three left. points? That was worth three points. Okay. okay. Julia, here is your cryptid that is not what it seems. Okay. This massive burrowing snake 
is said to speed deep below the surface of major cities. It is said that it stretches over 5,000 feet, nearly 10 feet wide, and can crush anyone that dares venture into its tunnels. These snakes differ depending on location. Some go to sleep past midnight. Others spend more time above the surface, while other cities have never seen these snakes. (laughs) But if you're quiet and can listen through the bustle of the city, you can hear the screeching of its claws as it passes underground. I love this round so much. Julia, what is this monster? It's the subway. It's the subway. (laughs) Woo! There it is. All right. Julia is up by one, but Amanda, uh, you can take it if you get this one correct on the first try. I'm ready. Amanda, here is your story. Mystics talk of an energy that ties nearly everyone in the world together. It is a network of networks, a connection that binds private and public life, work and school, government and people. It's kind of hard to explain. Some say it's a cloud. Others say it just binds all people. And others say it is like a series of tubes. It's the internet. (laughs) Let it finish at least. (laughs) This energy requires a receiver and requires physical and emotional maintenance. If it doesn't work, you must reset your own mind and the conduit that you receive it with. (laughs) Spiritualists have argued for years about whether or not this energy is ultimately good or evil. But we cannot ignore it and must learn to navigate it during our daily lives. It's the internet. This is the internet. Yay! Yay! Yeah. It now, looks like Julia will be making us breakfast. Wait. Which... Well, here's the, here's the thing. Is that Julia didn't get a chance to go. Okay. So I'm trying to think of what to do now. Do I get another question, though? I can give you one more. I just yeah. need to come up with it now. Because I didn't think this would happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought the points would shake itself out. Yeah. Julia. Yes. Your final not what they seem is all the marbles. (laughs) Julia, if you get this right, then Amanda needs to make us boozy brunch. Yes. Hey, you you invited yourself to boozy brunch? Yes. Yeah, I'm Charles Gamesman, and I don't go anywhere without five mimosas. Good policy, Charles. All right. Here is your story. Oh, boy. This monster is a danger to people crossing the arid wasteland. It attacks the unaware as a sneaking up behind them to deliver a piercing blow. It leaves a mark, a piece of itself, that the victim must show as a sign of defenselessness and carelessness. Now, it would seem that only humans are its prey, as the animals surrounding this cryptid in its environs rely upon it for sustenance and protection in the hot, hot sun. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm between two things right now. Uh, what do you got? It's a bee and a cactus. Okay. I'm going to go with the cactus. Julia, you're correct. It's a cactus. Yay! And that's all the time we have oh, for man. fake and folklore. Julia, you can pick up the haunted doll whenever you come <laughs> yes. by to my broken two-story walk-up 12 stories. Night okay. hag shack. I live in the night hag shack at the top of Queens. <laughs> God, goals. And Amanda, I just want you to know that I love sausages and I expect 20. Also, We'll bacon. see what I can do. I'll All right, I'm bacon. Charles. The game has been signing off and you know what they say. If you call me, I will be with you for 10 years. Bye-bye now. That's horrifying, Charles. Oh. You know what, Julia? I think this episode really qualifies as kind of creepy and kind of cool. 
Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Schofini, and Eric Schneider, with visual design by Allison Wakeman. Boozy Brunch Prize Package, subject to local, federal, and interdimensional taxes. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch, on our website, spiritspodcast.com. All contestants receive one night stay at a local haunted house. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentary, and patron-only live streams. Spirits Podcast LLC not liable for damage to contestants, psychic or physical, from haunted dolls or other objects they may come into contact during the course of the game. Do not attempt fake or folklore at home. Or do. I mean, we're not your parents. And if you like the show, please share it with your friends. That's the best way to help us keep growing. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time.